1: Who'd have expected it? This is the PHNX Rising Post Game Show, brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's number one sportsbook app. I'm Owen Evans. Notice alongside me, it's not Ramon, it's not Max. Today we've got Ryan Sakura, who's uh, clearly the lucky one here, bringing us some luck on this Wednesday night. Ryan, how are well, you doing? I don't know
0: about that one. I thought, I thought, I guess Gabby Torres is the lucky one, right? I mean, first game. First win, you know, show up, play, come off the bench. You weren't even supposed to start. How about that? Shows up, plays well.
1: Yeah, yeah. It was quite a debut for him, and we'll, we'll get on to that later tonight. But you know what? I was going to start off. This is what I had all along in the plans. Let's start off by just putting this into context for the very simple reason that the season is ticking down. Rising is almost certainly not making the playoffs, but still, let's humor the idea briefly and see what has to happen here Phoenix rising at the moment they are six points back from seventh place three games left to play although RGV who are currently in seventh place do have a game in hand a loss today of course would have eliminated rising that's because RGV playing Monterey Bay in the last game of the season so those teams can't go without picking up points Um, someone has to pick up points somehow the win does just about keep them alive through to the weekend we'll see where it goes from there but uh, for now, for now, it's very slim, but not 0%.
0: Yeah, I I don't know how they make it. We we talked about this on the broadcast today on, on the, the Twitter stream, right? We can't figure out a way that they actively actually do find a way to win all these games and then get all this help from everybody else. Only thing that I know is guaranteed from these next three games, right, is you need, if you're Phoenix, to beat RGV. You Like, that is, like, you're desperate. You need to win all three, but, like, RGV but You have is to win all three, good. yes. <laughs> yeah, you need to win all three, but RGV is looking like maybe the most important game that the Rising have played this entire season. It always kind of was trending in that direction when you go back to even two months ago or a month ago when Juan got here, but that game is huge. And tonight, if they play like they did tonight in all those three games against the caliber of opponent they're playing, you look at Red Bull 2, who are not spectacular atlanta united yeah. too who also are much closer to not spectacular than they are any good and rgv who are so hit or miss up and down in the rising have already beaten them this year so you've got chances to go and find ways to close this game out this season out with four straight wins you're still gonna need so much help from everybody else though it kind of is almost like oh they found a, a bit of form down the stretch but it's just too late
1: Yeah, well, shout out to the chat there, Thomas Rosales. We've got to have that unbridled optimism. Who knows? Who knows? Weirder stuff has happened. I still don't think it's going to happen, but weirder stuff has happened. Uh, Before we get on to uh, talking about the game specifically, look, three points. It's a good day to celebrate, isn't it? Three points, you can celebrate with a four peaks. That's uh, Four Peaks, the official beer of PHNX. If you didn't see, of course, a lot of our other shows are out there today. They were uh, filming their their podcast live in Four Peaks. But, hey, it's time for Four Peaks night now, given that Phoenix Rising have just picked up three points. So make sure, if you can, go crack open a can. I'm sure you've hopefully got some wow, some, some kilt lifter, maybe something a bit more hoppy in the fridge. Go crack it open. Just remember, of course, to enjoy responsibly – uh, Phoenix Rising one, but still be responsible. And, of course, that you must be 21 or older to drink. Uh, let's talk about the game then, shall we? Let's let's kick it off, actually. We do have the overall comment from rising coach Wangera coming off of that game. Let's take a listen to that first.
2: Then I'm happy for the players. Um, I'm very, very happy for the players. I think they deserved it. I think um, winning hurts. Winning is not easy, and winning takes a lot of courage, a lot of... Uh, being brave in moments of adversity and the guys were brave tonight and I think they deserve the win. I'm happy for them. I'm happy for the fan base too because I think they deserve also a good performance that, that led to a good result because they've been supporting the team um, all year long in moments of adversity as well. So tonight I'm happy for the players mostly but I'm also very happy for the fan base too.
1: All right, so he says there he thinks they deserve the win. Now, we can talk about it in two different ways, of course. The the fight they've put in over the past few weeks to try and get to this point, of course, it's been a process. but we can also talk about it in regards to today's game. So let's take a look at the numbers and talk through those. Now Phoenix rising here did have more possession than Sacramento Republic. You wouldn't necessarily have guessed if you only tuned in for the last 10, 15 minutes and they did have more shots as well. However, as the game progressed, Sacramento's chances were getting better. We had the uh, increased expected goals for Sacramento as the game went on. Despite the fact rising actually did lead uh, in that category for quite some time. So Ryan, Do you think this was a deserved win overall for Rising?
0: I think when you look at what Juan just said, the comments that Juan just said about how it was good for the team, good for the boys, right? It's about what's happened the last couple of weeks. It's been building to this moment. They've played better and better each week, right? And then they burst out with a win. They dominate early. They have a lot of possession throughout the accordance of the game. And then, you know, at the end of it, it kind of got curtailed. And Connor Donovan, a center back, started playing striker, missed a sitter, they whiffed through his feet and then had that header at the end that he missed. And they got lucky. I think it's Pat Moses on here who mentions a hey, word to wrap up the match. Fortunate, right? So they were fortunate in a lot of aspects, but also it had been coming. The game had been building. The team had been building to this kind of type of win. It's again, as we talked about a little bit earlier, maybe a little too late, but they've played well. They've, they've had little patterns of play. And you can see it when you look at like the optostats. The game is progressively, in terms of their average positions, they've gotten more and more rigid to the points where, you know, the the left back is playing as the left back. The right back is playing as the right back. The system is sort of now becoming what Juan Guerra envisions it to be. And that's probably the most important thing from today is, yeah, they got three points, but also it's starting to look like what Juan Guerra wants it to look like. And when that's the case, you saw what he did with Oakland, a team who has less resources, when you have a team that has the resources that Phoenix has, and you've got a coach that's putting in a system in place that is now being followed to a T like this one is, it's 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 more exciting than what it was in Phoenix two, three months ago for sure.
1: Absolutely. And one other just stat to note there, and this is kind of indicative of the Wangera style that's coming in now, six hundred and eight passes today. That is the most passes that Phoenix Rising has completed all season in league play. So just another change there. Look, I, I'm going to talk a little bit here in, in terms of some of the comments. I feel like we can address some bits of this. Uh Scott with one there. Why does our style change so much after we score, score, then try to not lose for the rest of the game to me. There's kind of a variety of factors there. I feel that initially, actually, Rising was still pushing forward. They were taking, especially after Arturo's shot goes in, you know, you've got the spilled ball that trickles over the line. You see a couple of long shots come in between then and the end of the half. The players were taking those chances on. They were testing the goalkeeper. And even then, we did see another one that was spilled back out towards the pack. So perhaps it was, you know, going to create more chance if they kept up with that. I think there's also a part of it that's just... Look, we can talk about, I know people are going to talk about the fact that well, Sacramento came off of their game on the weekend. They would have been tired as a result, whereas Rising had a, a clear week. Uh, that was touched on, obviously, in, in the press conference yesterday. But you've also got to remember the fact that Rising was lacking in depth. James Moose's <laughs> injury in the warm-up didn't help with that. You end up getting to a position whereby if Rising wanted to make tweaks in the in the defence, really, they were not going to have to bring on Niall Dunn, who is... A 17-year-old, let's be perfectly clear here. And it's not that he's not talented. We've seen it in preseason games, but he has been out injured for a vast majority of this season. So it's it's tough. And I feel like that, especially you don't have subs used until very late in the game. He chooses not to make changes until quite late in the game. There were still elements here, as BJ saying, when they're giving the ball away in dangerous positions. But overall... It just felt like a slightly better performance, even though Sacramento possibly should have had a goal or two in there.
0: Connor Donovan should have scored. And I think everybody that was at the stadium, everyone who watched the game today understands that, that center back number 24, when he rushed forward into the six yard box and that ball went right through his legs, that should have been one, one right there. And Zach had good moments in the, at the end of the game. No one can deny that. And the almost excuse of like, Hey, Phoenix rising and, and Sacramento played on Saturday, they're going to be tired. Rising of lost games this year and really had dropped poor performances when teams they're playing against have shorter rest than them. So I think you can use that argument to say, Hey, Sacramento, that, you know, they're tired legs. They were going to lose it at the end, but it's an argument that Phoenix hasn't been able to really hit because they haven't won these kinds of games this year. And they took advantage of poor legs and they played well and they passed the ball. One of the comments made a, a mention of that 400 of the passes were between The goalkeeper in the back line, it was a possession-based style that forced Sacramento on tired legs, on rotated legs, to run and chase, and they couldn't handle it at times, and credit to Sacramento. They came alive at the end of the game, and I think the Republic really missed Roro Lopez tonight as sort of this creative option, and they didn't start Kecko either. So you're looking at two of their best creative options who didn't play today, and certainly that helped Rising, I think, in terms of being able to pin back the years of Sacramento, but... They played the eleven they were faced up against, and they played well, and they got a goal. And Arturo Rodriguez was gifted a goal by Viniello, who's been a very good goalkeeper this year. He made he didn't catch a lot of a lot of balls today. He dropped a lot of things. He had to parry a lot. And Phoenix, so often this year, have taken these shots from distance, and it's inflated their shot numbers all season long. Tonight, these shots from distance didn't feel like okay, it's shoot on sight. No, tonight's shots felt like it was okay, I've got a chance to go and score this. Arturo's shot, he took that not because he was instructed to, but because he felt like it had a chance to go in. That was the difference. And and Vidiello, again, he didn't catch much, so they started taking more shots. The style of play changed a little bit because of that. Sacramento took advantage of that in a lot of ways. The game became a lot more about transition, which Juan Guerra alluded to earlier in the week at the pressers. He didn't want to make it a game of transition Lo and behold, it became one, and Phoenix still dealt with it very well, which probably has to encourage Juan a lot.
1: Yeah, and I think there's something to be said there about the fact that, look, one of the biggest criticisms we've heard from the fans, especially as this season has come towards its conclusion, you start to get into the point whereby... You accept that it's unrealistic that this team will make the playoffs. And what people want to see more than anything is a bit of fight, a bit of desire uh, that, that shows that these players should be coming back next season. I feel like we saw more of that today. Um, and a big shout out as well. He didn't get king of the game in here, but a big shout out to Ben Lunt, uh, who who made some amazing saves, as Scott points out. I, we could have given him king of the game, but ultimately... Let's be honest. He gets king of the game far too often. We got to rotate it around a little bit. We got to rotate gotta, it around. You got to give
0: other people some chances, right? I mean, so like, let's. That save at the end. That save at the yeah. end was nuts on Jack Gurr's little curler towards the bottom corner, and then the one I think it took a deflection off Darnell, and he kind of had already been drifting right, and then had to immediately jump on it. He he played fantastic, and Bobby just said king of the season. I think it's fair to say that at this point, king of the game. He doesn't. He doesn't need it. Doesn't need it. He, he, no one needs king of the game every game. Come on now.
1: Absolutely. But, you know, one other thing you did mention, we should touch on this, by the way, is uh, is the shooting in there and the, the way that, you know, Arturo took it on from distance. There are actually were a couple of other shots from distance shortly after that. I did ask about that to both Arturo and Tuan, about those long shots. Let's have a listen. You know, before that, like a lot of a lot of teammates told me about, like I need to shoot, I need to shoot, and you know, I got the, I got the chance, and I was like, this is my this is my chance.
2: Um, so we yeah, we made a big emphasis all week and since we've been here about productivity from our number tens So the players in those pockets. Uh, that could be Arturo, that could be Santi, that could be Greg Hurst, whoever we use there. Um, Gabby finished the game in the pocket tonight. And uh, we want productivity out of them. What, what does that mean? We want them to go. We want them to take shots. We want them to take on people. We want them to produce. So the ball should never die on their feet. Something has to happen. You gotta take a player on and take a shot. It should be a it could be a save from the goalkeeper. It could be a goal. It could be a corner or a goal kick. The importance of finishing the play from those pocket players, it's gonna be key. It's gonna be key for us. Um, you know I mean, now, t- t- tonight, tomorrow, and uh, for as long as we're here.
1: Well, you know what? Since he just popped up there, let's go on and give a shout out to our DraftKings king of the game in this one. We gave it to Arturo Rodriguez. He did get the goal, of course, three other chances created, and he had never shot on target as well. And his 89% passing accuracy, which for a player that can be so important in the attack, yes, he did drop back a little bit at times today, but he was also quite away up the field. That 89% is a pretty impressive figure. Wouldn't you agree?
0: Oh, yeah. And that's that's a high number when you're considering the risks that Juan wants to ask him to take. Right. Those drip, those taking on of players, those incisive through balls, stuff like that. The three chances created is what he's there for. You might finish off one or two of those max. But those kinds of opportunities when he's there to create three or four chances a game, that's a huge output for a player of his quality, especially when he's one of two tens. Santi the other 10 today or at times as Juan mentioned Gabby or Greg Hurst dropping in if they can gather three or four together alongside Arturo's three or four if you're creating eight chances a game you're bound to find a a way to score one or two they did tonight I thought that the best thing about Arturo was his rotations with Gabby Torres on the right side and sometimes you'd see Torres pick up these pockets as the number 10 and Arturo would push out wide to the touchline and those rotations kept Sacramento honest. It kept Duke Lacroix on his toes. He didn't do much today. He was pinned back. And I think those kinds of movements are the next step for what one wants to see, right, is it's this rotation of players, this kind of free-flowing, finding space-type style that allows you to get players like Arturo Rodriguez and Gabby Torres and Santi Moar and, to a lesser extent, Greg Hurst and Aiden Quinn, and Luis Sejas in dangerous areas because you've got talent. You've just got to find ways to get them on the ball and put them in positions to succeed. And I think tonight you saw a lot of that.
1: Indeed. I'm glad you mentioned Santi Moa there, because I was going to point him out. If you didn't, I did also see him getting involved in those rotations. Shout out to the chat here, pointing out as well that Arturo also didn't pick up a yellow card today. Didn't end up a uh, falling victim of Matthew Conger's uh, pocket there. Uh, that one it seemed to wind up the fans here quite a bit. I'm not sure how they'll react to finding out that he's going to the World Cup in Qatar, but um, regardless. Anyway, we we mentioned DraftKings, so let's be honest now. You could have won some money on this game. Phoenix Rising, as I mentioned on yesterday's podcast, at one point yesterday, were over 300 to win this game, so they weren't favoured. You could have gone and won some money on that one. Uh, Anyone who did give us a shout, let us know what you've won coming off of that game. But you can't just... It's not just USL that you can win on, although you can bet on USL games throughout the remainder of this season. You can also go and bet on the other type of football that normally I... Deride on this podcast, but let's give it a chat here. We've got new customers can bet just five dollars on any NFL team to win, they get two hundred dollars in free bets if they do. And if that's not enough, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings, stepped up same game parlays. Right now, for every leg you add, you can boost your winnings up to 100 percent with payouts bigger than ever. Why bet on American football anywhere else? To make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per game day all season long. It's simple. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use promo code PHNX. That's promo code PHNX on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions do apply. See those show notes for details. And another way you can win, by the way, Phoenix Rising coming on home this weekend. You can score yourself some cheap Phoenix Rising tickets thanks to our friend over at game time so you can save up to 60 percent on rising tickets when you buy them last minute i did actually see the last home game saw some on there for only four dollars would you believe that's pretty cheap isn't it ryan
0: uh yes very cheap (laughs) i'm gonna leave owen the ad read professional to uh to continue his his progression of this ad read
1: indeed so it look These tickets are available up until the very end. You can actually buy them after the game is kicked off. So it's great for those of you who are procrastinators. The best way to support us, buy your tickets through the link down in the description. Go down there, take a look, find yourself some cheap Phoenix Rising tickets for this weekend and come out and watch the boys as they play against Red Bulls 2. Right. We've got a little bit more here to talk about. And I think the best way to kind of segue across from tonight... Looking towards the weekend is to talk about the absence that we saw tonight. That is James Musa. He was supposed to start the game. He got injured in the warm ups, uh, as I was told. He's had to be replaced ultimately by Gabby Torres, and congratulations to him on a fantastic debut. But let's have a listen now to what James Musa or what the situation is with James Musa, according to Juan Guerra.
2: So yeah, so James had a had a tweak the other day in training. So there was a possibility that either we're gonna have to probably sub him during the game, or that this could have happened. So we already had uh, Darnell and and Gaby ready, and they understood that uh, that was a possibility probably today for the game. And yeah, when it happened in, in the warm up, they they knew what what they needed to to do. So that's it was important. That's the importance of of preparation, and that's the importance of making sure that players and coaching staff, we're all on the same page and that we understand that if something happens, what, what do we need to do and how we can solve it.
1: So yeah, that's the uh, the update on James mooser I'm not sure based on that that we can be too confident necessarily of seeing him, at least for an extended period in the game coming up on Saturday. It uh, doesn't sound, especially if there was a an injury in there to him in training as well, uh, that things are too promising, but You know, Not only have you got that, you've got to deal with the fact that Kevin Lambert will be suspended on the weekend. Of course, he picked up a two-game yellow card accumulation suspension, slightly hidden by the fact that, of course, he was off on international duty this week. So he served one game today, but he does have to serve the other game on the weekend. If Moose is not available, if Lambert's not available, how big a hold does that leave at the back for Phoenix Rising?
0: I think... On paper, right, you look at that and go, okay, two of your best or better ball winners in the defensive side of the field are not going to be able to play. But tonight, the formula worked well with Darnell King and Hayden Sargis. King on the right, Sargis on the left, and then Joe Farrell through the middle. I thought it worked very well. You're going to have a lot of the ball, or you should at least expect to, against the Baby Bulls, and as well as RGV and as well as Atlanta United, too, depending on how long Musa is out. So I liked a lot of what King was doing from that center back role of he would make these bursting runs forward. He had one chance in the first half where he kind of charged on into the, uh, into the box, fired one past the far post. I think it works. Ideally, you'd love to have Musa, who's sadly been hurt a lot this year for Phoenix last year, almost entirely healthy, played the most games, started the most games that anybody on the team. And this year it's been the exact opposite, just injured consistently throughout the year. Lambert misses through obviously yellow card accumulation, as you said, I didn't know that the international duty game today counted as one. I thought, you know, they might.
1: Apparently it does. Aside. According so to USL, lucky. it does.
0: <laughs> so that's pretty lucky for for Juan and Phoenix. But honestly, I, I liked today. I liked what happened. I liked the rotations, the combinations, the flow of Aiden Quinn will sometimes drop in, allowing King to burst a little more forward. Gabby Torres can tuck in. The rotations worked today with what was planned. And And Juan mentions in that interview, right, that, they had this plan in their back pocket because they knew it might have to change. James might have to come off, or James might not play the game, and they might take him out before. It speaks to the coaching staff, right? Of understanding you want to prep like this, but you might have to prep like this, and you might have to prep for Gabby Torres going the to 90 and for Darnell King to play as a center back. And it worked today. I was impressed with how it worked today, skeptical at the beginning. And when Musa came out, and you told me, you texted me, I think, before the broadcast, that Musa wasn't going to play. We sat there and looked at the screen and the 11 guys lining up on the field. And we went, oh, yeah, he's right. Moose is not out there. So I was skeptical at first. Then I I was happy to see that, you know, it worked. And not only did it work, but it worked very well. You
1: know what? We should address one thing in the chat here. Didn't we have most of our players and lose to Loudon? So will it really hurt? Look, I, I feel as though we need to be honest here, right? Loudon are a much better team, even though they're a bad team, than New York Rebels too. Uh, New York Rebels, too, are the worst team in the league by a fair margin. Uh, They got 15 points, I believe, uh, last time I checked. I did have the misfortune of seeing them play in Montclair uh, earlier this season. And besides the um, the very nice sunset there, I can't say that they have very much on offer on the field. Um, I, I don't think they're very they got a lot of young players. Obviously, they're a they're a reserve team. A lot of these teams often do. And yes, we've seen the Baby Bulls in years past. Um, you know, put out up a, a performance that, that has actually led them to the final in the past, I believe. Um, but this just isn't that team. They're not very good. They're very, very poor. Um and
0: they, I, 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 think I just the feel as though team. I think it was the 2016 sorry? final that they made. I think it was the 2016 yeah. final they made. This team is yeah. bad. They lost 7-1 to Miami a couple weeks ago.
1: <laughs> they are a very poor team. So look, the pressure is on Phoenix. You have to win that game. There are no excuses. I'm sorry. There are no excuses. There is not a single excuse that I think can be accepted for a loss at home to New York Red Bulls 2. That's how bad Red Bulls 2 are. Even while they're Phoenix not. Rising has struggled, it, they're not that bad. They're not that bad. And I just, yeah.
0: The only team that Red Bull, Red Bull have won three games this year. They beat Indy 11 in a one nil. And every time they have played Atlanta United 2 this year, they've won. The only team that Red Bull, the Baby Bulls have beaten is Atlanta United 2, who's the other team from the Eastern Conference that Phoenix play. So you're
1: looking at. <laughs> and they're both terrible.
0: <laughs> yeah. You're looking at definitively the two worst teams in USL to close out this stretch. The scheduling has given Phoenix an opportunity to look ahead and go wins on the table, without a doubt. And that's what makes that Will RGV they
1: do game, it though.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's what makes that RGV game so much more important. And BJ says I jinxed the rising. I don't know. We these teams are bad. Owen is also agreeing with me on this, right? They're not good. Neither of these teams. RGV a test. RGV is the game that I'm sure that Juan has had circled for a while now. With the game on Saturday, he won't look past it. But he'll be looking at RGV going, must win. That gives them a chance. It gives them a chance if they can get some help elsewhere. But looking at that Baby Bulls game on Saturday, on the weekend, if they fall, if they come away with, from that game without a full three points, I think you can definitively say that this team didn't deserve much. And Thomas brings up the point here that they drew with Detroit. That's a good point for them. You can't deny that. But I, I don't see much going for this Baby Bulls team
1: before we draw to a close here, of course, worth noting RGV will be playing against Louisville. So a tough game for them um, before they go away to Memphis in midweek. So they've got a a tough week coming up, really. Uh, You look at the other teams in that kind of vicinity there. Uh, You see that Las Vegas Lights will be hosting New Mexico on Friday at Cashman Field. Monterey Bay, they're going to be playing Tampa Bay Rowdies on Sunday and oakland roots the other team really are kind in the mix they're hosting birmingham legion there's a lot of tough games for those teams coming up this weekend rising has the comparatively easy game of new york rebels too so we'll have to see how those turn out it's been a bizarre season especially for those teams that are sitting around that seventh spot in in the western conference a lot of shooting themselves in the foot a lot of you know, somehow picking up bizarre wins as well. I mean, Rising's a perfect example, losing to Loudon, yet somehow doing the double over San Antonio. Um, it's It's been a very, very strange season. And I feel like this weekend could be the time we start to see maybe someone makes a statement win above Rising, picks off one of those bigger teams and sets themselves up. I mean, as Thomas points out here, Vegas played Monterey Bay last night. And look, that Vegas team that we saw last night, I don't necessarily anticipate more broadly because they had guys like Danny Trejo. They had guys like Cal Jennings who, look, it was an international break. LAFC didn't play. They are playing this weekend, but they didn't play last week. So I understand that you might lend them down, get them a bit more fitness in there, you know, but they did demolish Monterey Bay. And and to me, it's a question then is Monterey Bay starting to run out of gas a little bit even. Uh, it was
0: so, the best Vegas looked all year that's for sure Monterey oh Bay far. oh my I mean, yeah they well, put four on them it's the best Vegas has looked this year Monterey Bay running out of gas almost as soon as they were starting to find their their steam right like Monterey Bay were catching form Frankie Alup had them going and then you just get battered you get played off the field by one of the worst teams or by one of the perceptive worst teams in the division and now Las Vegas has hope again Vegas also close out with a relatively easy schedule compared to the other teams you were mentioning, New Mexico at home, Miami at home, and then a trip to Los Dos to end the season. So Vegas is a team that I've been looking at for a while that, you know, in whatever this Wild West has been this year, however wonky and wacky it's been, it would make sense that the wonky and wackiest team would find a way to sneak into the playoffs.
1: Who knows? Who it's- knows? Who knows? Right. Well, it's been a chaotic night here, of course. Rising, hanging on for the 1-0 win. If you can't get to sleep tonight, you know what? I've got something for you. Uh, One of our partners here at OGs, they've just done something that's going to totally change the game and might get you off to sleep tonight if you can get your hands on it. They just launched their brand new Sleep Edition Gummy. You won't want to sleep on these. God, that's really cheesy, isn't it? Right, you heard us right. OG's is now flavoring dreams with a 2-1-THC-CBN ratio gummy. CBN is a compound that I'm told helps specifically with falling and staying asleep, and the Sleep Edition gummy is in their new aqua berry flavor. We highly recommend you go and check out OG's online. You can find them at ogsbrands.com. That's O-G-E-E-Z brands.com, and on Instagram at OG's Brands, and you can find their products at your local dispensary as well you can find one open late enough now to go hit them up get yourself some OG sleep edition and get back and maybe nod off after the excitement tonight but remember of course you must be 21 years or older to purchase right from here in heart health park ryan in uh, phoenix somewhere uh they're gonna (laughs) i think sign it off and call it a night there's a hotel bar that's got my name on it so uh Hopefully we'll have some four peaks. I doubt they will, but, you know, I can always, can always help. Can always help. But uh, that's about it from us here. Remember to join us on Saturday. Phoenix Rising playing against New York Rebels 2. We'll have the live postgame show after that match. Until then, we'll see you around.